What up, man? Sit down. I'm Ray Ray all day. Oh, man, I'm digging that cowboy hat, right? Like, what up man and welcome to the battle i'm your host full money johnny and I'm Ray Ray all day. Yeah, what up, Ray? What's oh, going on, fellas? Sensuous redneck is back. Uh, yeah. I got to be sensuous today. Oh, did you? I did get to be sensuous. Since you was up, you got a Timstress. Well, since he was up, he brought the beer. I'm proud of him. Yeah, he did. Too. And what a fridge. And, si- and since you was at Walmart, why don't you pick up a fridge? Oh, wow. Look at you, boy. Just a mini fridge. Yeah, two two of us mini. to pick up that fridge. Just a mini. It's pretty. Couldn't it's get got the a big lot one, of, could you, Ray? Couldn't get the big one. It's got the glass case, man. You can see in there. I mean, yeah, you does that have a light, Ray? Hey, there's nothing oh. better than looking at yourself <laughs> when you're getting ready to grab a nice cold beer. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's scary. Yeah. That's, I don't like looking at myself, period. Well, I, now you know that's what Sarah, bullshit. <laughs> now you know what Sarah goes through, dude. <laughs> that's why she makes me wake up before her and get out of the house and go to work. <laughs> ah! Well, that's why looking at yourself and beer are a good combination. Only after said beer is that oh, a good combination. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's true. You must have. So, what, what else you been doing? What else you been sensuous and doing over there? Oh though? man, well you know humanitarian tur- Turkey Day is coming up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I got to do a little humanitarian action at the at my daughter's school today. Oh, did you? Yeah, man, we got to serve the kids up at the eighth grade. What's so, the, I got to get find out what school your daughter's going to. I checked the security over there. That lets you in. <laughs> I thought, I, I thought you well, were wanting some food. No. <laughs> if I had feelings, they'd be hurt right now. Oh, well, wait a second. What kind of food did they uh, have? I figured you'd be burying some deer this week, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, that's probably. You had a deer report? That's probably going to be next week because they, uh, yeah, they called me and said, hey, we're going to be out of town from Sunday through Wednesday. Can you uh, feed the deer? I'm like, oh, shit. Hey, listen, listen. <laughs> Here we go. Here's a number one question, though. Ray, you got a turkey for Thanksgiving? Yeah. Where'd you get it? When? Where did you get it? Publix. And you call yourself a damn redneck. Well, you know what? <laughs> you know what? You ain't even kidding. Well, not shot your own turkey. What the hell's the matter? That's bullshit. They're a lot bigger at Publix than they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> them, them Florida turkeys look like little chickens, don't yeah. they? <laughs> <laughs> As and Ray Ray with the dead deer report. <laughs> <laughs> Might be having some deer for uh, Thanksgiving instead of turkey. We'll find out. Yeah, well, go for it, baby. We'll see how it goes, man. Whatever floats your boat. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're gonna eat turkey. whatever. You're gonna well, eat whatever the trying, hell Sarah says you're eating. Just uh, get used to it. I got no problem with that. I ain't, she ain't never stuck anything bad in front of my face. <laughs> well, okay, so don't go down that road. You've been down there one too many times. We had the issue with the deer the last time. Down there. Yeah, you got to go up there or down there. Over there. Ooh, out there. Over well, speaking there. of turkey, we want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. That's yeah. listening to the Battle Podcast all over the world. I mean, I know Thanksgiving's different for a lot of different folks, but uh, here in America, man, it's a big holiday for us, man. A good time to sit down, eat food, and watch football. That's it. I mean, that's it. That's the American way, baby. Could it get any You know it. Yeah. Could it get any better? Not really. (laughs) I mean, Christmas is a little better because you get... Well, if you listen to the Battle Podcast, it's get a lot better. Yeah, you listen to the Battle Podcast, eat just some turkey, then watch some football. Yeah, listen to some turkeys on the Battle Podcast. So yeah, and then at Christmas, you do all that, open some presents. I mean, it does get better all the time. It does. <laughs> and then we start all over. All over again. Yeah. But a lot of us got to be preparing for that transition from work, 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 
to Thanksgiving. Well, why don't we transition from you and I talking to our guest over here that's been sitting there patiently and uh, so politely. Oh, well, you've I been did. running your mouth the whole time. I didn't you know, change is hard, Ray. Yeah, yeah it's I, I didn't realize he was going to talk. I thought he was just here for looks. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were trying to improve our situation, oh, John. <laughs> he knows he's got a face for radio. That's why I brought him in here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Christian to the show. Yeah. Hello, 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 hello. It's enough of that shit. Christian, Christian, thanks for coming out, brother. Why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners real quick? All right. I'm, I'm, I'm privileged to be here today with you guys. My name's Christian Ferris. Christian like the religion and Ferris like the wheel or the Bueller, whichever suits you best. Bueller. 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 Yeah. You know, if we get any young listeners, they have no idea what we're talking None about. None whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. that, that number's dwindling by the, by the year when I use that. They're like a what? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Look it up, kids. Yep. Ferris Bueller's day off. I, I, I try to tell things like that to my kids. They're 21 and 18. They look at me like, Dad, what are you talking about? Never mind. Shut up, Dad. Don't worry about it. That movie saved so my uncool. life. Where did I fail? So that, uncool, that, that movie Dad. saved my life. God. When, you know, from the time I was in grade school until I went through middle school, it was, you know, the last name Ferris would be turned into Ferret or the Fairy or the something else. You know, the right. kids are busting the chops because it was okay in the 80s. And when <laughs> yeah, I got to high school, I, to I entered high then. school, you know, didn't come in as hard as I would have liked. And then that movie hit. I, I, I increased like four points in popularity. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Yes. No joke. Yeah. Oh, that name. That's oh. all it was. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. Nothing yeah. happened to me when Bull Durham came out. I mean, <laughs> imagine that. Yeah. Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, but that about into that, huh? Yeah, that's about into that one, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Bullshit Durham. <laughs> Well, my middle initials. should have titled it that, man. You'd have got some follows. Like the city of North Carolina. (laughs) Well, I had a a customer the other day. I'm like, she's like, I'm I'm John Durham. She goes, Durham? I said, no, Durham. Like, you know, Bull Durham. She's like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) I had to spell it. I had to spell it. Oh, man. Apparently, she was a lot younger than you. Yeah. Well, Durham, damn near killed him. Well, well. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but you know, when I was in the military, my middle initials are BS. My my name is John B.S. Durham. So nice. My drill sergeants had a field day with that. Oh, I bet. No, I, no wonder you got through so well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They were trading uh IDs like baseball cards. Oh, look who I got. BS. Oh, I want this one. I want the BS. BS. Where you at? Oh, Give me God, the BS. No. <laughs> so much for so much for flying under the radar. Right, exactly. Baseball I'm cats. just going to sit here and do what they tell me. I'll be all right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Bullshit, Durham, where are you at? <laughs> Come here, son. You're in my pl- platoon. <laughs> yeah, I want this one. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yes, drill sergeant, man. Have another. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, True, story. Man. True story. Speaking of your, uh, your military, and we did touch on transitioning just a little bit. You know, transitioning from work to Thanksgiving to basically being able to hang out, chill out, not have to bust your chops or bust your butt. How was it transitioning out of the military into civilian life? Well, I, you know, I think it really depends on, you know, that's why I'm glad Christian's here with us because his experience in the military and mine were totally different because, you know, I, all I did was go to Fort Hood, Texas and didn't go anywhere else. So I spent most of my time down rain in, you know, doing gunnery or in the motor pool or whatever, because we were more, more of a training unit. So I was combat arms unit. I was a tanker in the United States army, but we really didn't go anywhere and do anything because our, our unit was not a rapid deployment unit. First cab was, we were, we were actually, when I first went in, we were Isn't that with home base for the Apaches. 
Yes. Fort Hood. Yep. Fort yeah, Hood. No Fort good Hood. Fort Hood. Yep. Oh, yeah. You know, before we get too far along, I thought maybe we should tell everybody the definition of transition, what we're talking about transitioning from, you know, like military to civilian life, stuff like that. And the definition is to change from one state or style or place to another. So you're changing, you know, that could be transitioning to a new job, transitioning out of military into civilian life or transitioning from a young adult to an adult, mm-hmm. from single to married, you know, so on and so forth. Well, so yeah, any type of transmi- transition yeah, in life. The reality, we're all going to transition one way or the other, whether we like it or not. Right. So now to get back to the military, you were saying you just kind of hung out in Texas and did a lot of yeah, training. Yeah, I spent a lot of time and did training in Texas. So, I mean, and Christian, you've had went on a couple of tours, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, you know, I was, although I was stationed in Fort Bragg, North Carolina, um, being a rapid deployment unit, I was gone most of the time. So, you know, I liken getting out of the military to driving down the highway in a car with your windows down. How you don't realize how loud that is, and and then you roll your windows up, and all of a sudden there's this deafening silence. All of a sudden. Oh, so in your life, you know, when you get out, there's there's this, and I'm not talking about drill sergeants yelling at you, or national, you know, necessarily a loudness to the military, but there's just such an intense focus on things. Uh, you're always in a constant state of uh, preparedness, moving, going, whatever it is. And then all of a sudden you're left to your own devices. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause I thought, I think a lot of times when I was coming, I used to say that we're, we are uh, recklessly responsible because so many guys, when they were in the service, you know, guys drank, they partied, they girls, whatever, but you always had that looming thing over the top of you. You better not screw this. Up. Yeah. You better, <laughs> you better make sure you're where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. You better dress right dress. Make sure you look the way you're supposed to look, act the way you're supposed to act. And you have to perform when you show up. And so even though, even though you're, you're out there doing this stuff and having a good time, you know, most guys find a way to, to and we've used it in this podcast before called like navigating through the chaos. So right. Speak. Yeah. Um, it was nothing. They walked out of the barracks and guys are in there drinking and playing video games and eating Papa John's pizza and or guys out in clubs or whatever. But you knew at the end of the day, you had to be where you were supposed to be and do what you were supposed to do. So that there was that loomingness. I, I think that's kind of what you're kind of alluding to is you, when you get left to your own devices. Yeah. That's when it gets a little different. Yeah. It's like an, an open-ended book that just keeps going. There's not a, you know, there's not a clear resolve uh, to what exactly you're supposed to be doing. Your goals were set for a, a great, great amount of time. For me, it was four years. And there was clarity to what you're doing uh, because you had orders, direct orders, and you had default orders. Uh, if you're not, you know, specifically being told what to do, you're going to guard everything with the limits of your post and quit your post when properly relieved. Okay. So when in doubt, you have to go back to your basic, basic orders. And when you get out, you, don't necessarily have a grasp on what your basic orders are anymore. Wow. That's, uh, that's wow. That is, that is deep. That's a thinker. It's true. I mean, I never even thought about that. I mean, especially, you know, again, talking about the differences of our experiences in the military, you know, where I wasn't in a rapid deployment situation and you were, uh, things are a little bit different for you than they were for me. You know, I mean, I had Garrison, I was in the barracks, I was in the motor pool and, we would go training in the field, but you were actually in environments where that training was put to use. Yeah. Ab- Fair to say, right? Absolutely. And, and I got to, you know, be honest, I say that it must've been really tough in the military. It must've been very difficult. It was challenging. What was tough and difficult was uh, not having a clear focus 
all of a sudden. It was like a, a carpet. You know, you the idea of getting out's a great idea in your mind, and uh, you have a few uh, irons in the fire and some plans, uh, but everybody around you is not necessarily as um, uh, focused any longer. There's not that common esprit de corps any longer. There's not the uh, the guys that get you. You know, that camaraderie, that brother. Yeah, yeah. Right? That you guys, you get each other. You know, even in your situation when you're walking with each other, you you know you know what your your role is, and you know what their role is, and you know how you have that overlapping fields of fire in your life. You know, you know well, you're watching my six, I'm watching your six. Even if we don't even really like each other a lot, uh, when whenever the the fit hits the shan, well, you know that guy's going to fall into place and he's going to do his job. Well, that's it. You're all on the same. You all have the same goal. Yeah. Same. You all look at. You're all looking at the exact same light. The same mission. goal. Yeah, yeah, the same mission. So you've got that confidence in everybody around you. Another thing that I was noticing about by you guys talking is that even when you guys were so-called "quote unquote" relaxing and having a good time, you never were completely relaxed. There was always that. If the shit hits a fan, I got to act. Right. It's time to step up and fulfill my role, no matter how much I'm trying to relax and have a good time and get away from it. It's always right there at the top of your mind that once something happens, bam, we're gone. Roger we're that. Gone. Absolutely. Uh, you, you're living in an environment where you're probably aging three times as fast as a person should age. You know, maturity wise, the same thing. You know, I was in from the time I was 18 till I was about 22. And when I left, you know, a lot, a good part of my heart felt like it was already 60. Right. You, know, you had a lot of self-actualization about, well, this is all I'm going to have because I was in predicaments where, uh, you know, it was a good chance that that was all I'm ever going to have. And so you really get to the point where you self-actualize and you're like, you know what, I'm going to make the most of whatever this is. So you get that, that make the most of what this is. And you really see the fuse on the, the dynamite burning. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you really have a grasp on that. You know, I really love this conversation because I believe there are a lot of dudes out there right now that listen to this podcast that are in this place. You know, they're, they're looking at this transitional period in their life. They're either, you know, the term we use is ETS to military. They're either getting ready to transition out of the service into the civilian world. Some guys may be looking and trans transitioning from being in the civilian world into the service. You know, and there's always that, that question of uncertainty that, that that's in you. I mean, I, I can remember when I got out, the biggest thing for me was like, what job am I going to get? Yeah. You know, because Absolutely. I never put a lot of thought. I mean, yeah, I'm a tanker in the United States army. That sounds great. Right. What are you going to do with that when you get out of the service? You know, <laughs> I mean, operate big machinery. I, and I didn't want to do that. <laughs> That's <laughs> too much like work. You know? And so you're like, you're at this place. And I can remember, um, you know, getting out of the service and getting engaged and, you know, being in Oklahoma, you know, because I grew up in Massachusetts, but I moved to Oklahoma because of my fiance, who's not my wife, but, thinking just scared to death that I wasn't going to find a decent job. Like all these jobs that I'm going to and I'm leaning on, maybe I'll be in the security. Maybe I'll try to be a police officer. Maybe you, know, you have all these things that what's going to fit me now because I was in the service. What's the, the natural, the natural progression, you know? Right. And uh, I can just remember going to places and coming back and thinking these people are only offer me $8 an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm exactly. like, I just, 
making ten dollars an hour as a teenager before I left. Yeah, and, and everything's paid. Housing's paid. Yeah, food's but the paid, eight bucks an hour was probably more than what you were making, making service. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But I wasn't worried about nobody but me then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's another thing that I was thinking about is you know like you were talking about you age faster. You feel like you age faster and mature faster in the military. Yeah. So now you're getting out. You were in four years, so that puts you at 22, 23 getting out. Yep. I'm sure you were looking at other 22, 23 year olds going, "The hell are you doing, dude? Are you are you yeah. serious? You're still living at home with mom and 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 drinking her yoo-hoo and making her cook you dinner." And so the 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 thing I'm getting at is that everybody does transition at different stages. Everybody tra- transitions differently. So I do better than drink her yoo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> she chased me around me. Yard with a yardstick. You drank your mama's you who you knew you were going to get whooped. Oh you know, there's a part of a man that's drawn out the the part that you know you start going into that I walk to school both ways uphill in the snow that somehow yeah. comes out of you when you're 21 after you. Get right. It are, you know that's supposed to be like you know 57, 60 yeah. maybe, and so I've been walking around with that that headspace, and it's exactly what you're saying. And it's a whole lot of, I don't understand why more people aren't sucking it up and driving on. And that's, and right. that was a, a phrase in the, in the, in the military we'd use guys get whiny and start to wobble. Like, yeah, dude, suck it up and drive on. Take a knee, take an ibuprofen. Probably a pretty get low up tolerance for that. You ate up, son. You spun a full rack. Why are you so harsh? <laughs> why are you so harsh? And it's like, I'm not being, I'm trust me, the suffering you're putting yourself through about whining about the unknown and rolling around in the fetal position is way more painful than getting up. And there's two, what is it? Two ways through hell. And in the straight way is always the quickest way. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, it. It's true because you learn real quickly that, you know, you got to figure it out. Yep. And, and it really teaches you that great lesson in life. Like you better figure this thing out because it ain't waiting on you. Mm. They don't give a damn. I mean, they, you're going to do what you t- that they tell you to do when they tell you to do it, how they tell you to do it, or you're going to feel pain. And I'm not saying they're going to beat you or you know, thre- you know, kill you or anything, but they're going to inflict some kind of pain. You're gonna you're gonna feel some kind of pain. And and I saw guys, you know, they would come into the service and they thought they were hot and everything, coming out of New York or coming out of this place or that place, and they all puffing their chests. And next thing you know, they're crying in the hallway when the drill sergeant's in the, up in their grill. You know, it's like. We all have this idea of what being hard is. Well, being hard is is sucking it up when you're facing adversity. You got to figure a way to make this make this shit happen, right? Because it's on you. Not everybody's lucky enough to get an arch. Yep, and that's what I had to. That that was the other part of it when I got out and I was transitioning in the civilian world. I had a a future wife that I knew was depending on me, and I'm thinking, man, this this ain't gonna work. I got to do something better than this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's 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 a harsh reality. Yeah, see, I, I didn't go to the military. I almost went to the military, but it didn't happen. The cars weren't in it. and uh, But I did transition from... Well, they are picky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they did transition. <laughs> There's a funny story. And there was no bullshit butt behind that one. Yeah, <laughs> me, me and my buddy actually went, we went to a recruiter's office together because I was just trying to figure it out. I was wanting to, I was like, what am I going to do as a you know, 17, 18 year old? What's my next step? What am I going to do? So me and a buddy of mine went to the recruiter's office for the Marines. And uh, they, they make you take this kind of aptitude test thing. My poor buddy comes out, you know, like three days later, he gets the results back and he's like, man, I'm too damn stupid for the Marines. <laughs> what the, the, he- what the yeah, hell yeah, am yeah. I going to do now? <laughs> we ain't going to do nothing, boy. <laughs> if they don't watch, ain't nobody watching. But, <laughs> but anyway, so, <laughs> so I ended up introducing my, you know, getting into the, the work world. 
getting into work. I knew from a young age that I wanted to be a fabricator, which is what I became. And so at an early age, I bought a house, bought a house at an early age, moved out, had my buddy move in with me uh, to try to kind of guide him, try to help him in his transition from being a kid to an adult, which is what you have to do. It's not always easy. So, you know, brought him in with me. We had always talked about living together and, you know, having our own place. And, and it actually helped. It helped him. It helped me. And that transition almost came natural to me. But a lot of people don't know how to transition. They don't know how to go from their parents' house to their own house. They, they seize up, man. Yeah, they, they, the deer in the headlight guy. They seize up. I'm not going out there, guy. It happens, but you have to transition. And like I said earlier, it, it, it looks different in all capacities. Well, it's uncomfortable. It is. Yeah. Transition is uncomfortable. And unfortunately, the, the culture we're living in today with the young folks we've got coming up behind us, they don't know how to be uncomfortable. They don't know how to do it. Comfort is king. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they don't know how to define things. Either. I mean, even saying the word transition, I'm almost like almost been washed out so much over the last year. I'm like transitioning. Well, that's you mean. Well, you know that. Yeah. That is so like, true. Chris. It's like culturally really yeah. you know, like and, and I know better. I'm, I'm old and stuff. And I'm like going. What, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> like top and bottom both or yeah, yeah. no, dude, we're talking about growing up and wiping your nose and getting a job, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Sucking up and driving home. There you go. Are we allowed to say men's stuff? <laughs> <laughs> so. That's it. Exactly. And, and it happened, like we were talking about, one of the biggest things for the younger generation is from high school to college. And a lot of them freak out and fail right off the get. Right. They, 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 hey, this will be great. I'll be on my own. I'll do this. I'll do that. And next thing you know, they find themselves out in the hallway crying, sucking on their thumbs with their woobies going, mommy, I don't know what to do. Well, and the other part I think they, they, that happens a lot is when you have so many things given to you, you don't really appreciate them until you learn what it is to earn something. You're stealing from your kids by doing right. that. That's, it's thievery, dude. You're yeah. taking away that development that's going to give them a stronger resolve. Oh, preach it. Because it's not, because really it's not transitioning. It's just, it's just, them because they're not it's it's not uncomfortable in the regards of there's no financial pain for them they're not really being put out anything they have a roof over their head they got food in their stomach they're just going to a, another school and having to meet new friends or and they're becoming responsible for their own actions because the, the professors and stuff at college don't give a damn if you show up or not they don't yeah. care there's nobody calling home to mom going johnny didn't come to school today johnny didn't show up for the lecture today johnny didn't they have to transition from well, kids play to johnny adults. for everything Johnny just kind of rolls off the Johnny top. just, you know, Johnny, 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 Johnny. Wait, Johnny. Well, you know, Ray Ray's a fabricator. Yeah, he's, he's, I didn't go to school. Fabricating stories. He fabricates all and shit all the time. <laughs> Ray Ray didn't go to school. <laughs> Trade school, baby. You know, Ray Ray, you brought a point up, and I, I just want to interject it. Uh, not all guys that come out of the military initially come out with, with it all together. Right. Or, oftentimes, I mean, I appreciate your walk. I respect a man's walk if he was in or not in the military by who he is at the current time. And I, you know, I, if you get to know the person, know that they, they've walked through stuff. Everybody's walking through stuff. Just because I might have been through a couple of combat tours doesn't make me better or necessarily tougher. I've met some tough guys that are just, you know, stoic, tough as nails guys. But it, it's the, the big thing is, is, is to take time to get to know somebody, to respect their walk, which you can endear yourself to that. You know, you can find something relatable. And because and, there's a lot of guys that come back. And they go right back home to the basement. And, you know, oh, some yeah. of them for reasons that are, you know, I've came back with a whole heaping pile of PTSD. I actually have some right. disability from it. And, mm -hmm. 
and it's a struggle. I mean, that's a whole other struggle. I'm not going to go into. I'm not here to play violins today, but I will say that. Well, no, I think that's important though. Yeah, because absolutely. It, it's real. And yes, there, it right. is. There are dudes that are out there right now listening to this, and and they're in that spot, and it, it's okay to understand and to recognize that because, for like. I'm guilty of this because certain things that I've never experienced, it's hard to understand another man's experience if you never experienced it yourself, right? Right. Like, uh, you know, my daughter will say to me, like, she's got anxiety or, you know, I'll hear people talk about depression or PTSD. And that's foreign to me because I've never really experienced that. I mean, I've leveled, I think we all feel depressed at times. We do feel anxiety at times, but to be swept up and, and engulfed in that, right. it's, it's not, if you've never experienced that, never lived that, you really don't understand it. It's hard to to empathize with somebody with that because you just don't get it. And, you know, when you're looking at people that are transitioning from the service that, you know, were in, you know, wartime situations or conflict and they do struggle with PTSD, you know, it's important for all of us as men to, to understand what, you know, to try to understand what that is and, and what it does and where it takes you in the transitional process when you move from military life to civilian life. Right. Yeah. In all fairness to guys that ha have not done that, it, you know, I, I personally had had a, a bias toward engaging about specifics about what I what I did or didn't do. Or, and I oftentimes found myself even devaluing wanting to get advice from somebody that hadn't seen it. And and really that I when I look back at those times, I think, what an what an ass. And that was just wrong. I could have gave somebody a chance that it might have helped me lift me up a little bit quicker than than what I did get. And, you know, and I have remorse for a couple of folks that probably did try. They had well-meaning folks, but it just, I just was not, to actually have to walk through it myself again on some things it was such a, a difficulty that trying to really explain it to somebody on top of having to walk through it myself, was like, who's going to get either one of us out of that one, you know? Right. Seriously. Right. Yep. And so I, I let it go a long time, like 25 years. And you when know, you think about that voice that echoes in your mind that we were taught was suck it up. Suck it up. Yeah. Take, an suck it up. take a knee, take a breath, take an ibuprofen, get up, keep walking. Move Stuff on. still has. And you know what? There's a, there's a certain element to that. No matter how bad things are, it's your choice to lay in it or get up and keep moving forward. You have to. I mean, the Balboa, you watch some of them little memes of Rocky Balboa. Dude's got to get up. You know that? Yeah. And it's true because it's your, it's your reality. It's your life. Um, transition's never easy. Change is never easy and if it is your your line it might be exciting even if it's an exciting thing you're walking into truth it's still a stress bro it's something so, new that yep. you have to adapt Fear to. the unknown is always there. oh yeah and again not for the guys out who out there who are not military like myself that could look as you know for some people as simple as changing jobs oh yeah now like johnny knows he's known me for quite some time now there is a time in my life where i was at a job that i did not like and it was affecting my home life it was affecting everything and the fear of leaving that and going to another job was real. You know, yeah. you're, when you're at this job, you know, you got it, that you got things going on. You've got a paycheck every Friday. You got money coming into the bank. You're, you're pretty secure in where you're, what you're doing, but you're not happy. So there comes a point in time where once it started affecting my family life, I had to transition out of that. You know, I transitioned from a salary position to a uh, percentage base. You know, it was all commissions. Everything I had was commissions. So there's no more guaranteed check every Friday. If the customers aren't paying, you're not getting a paycheck. Hallelujah. Yeah. So that was a huge, a huge painful transition to, to, to Feast or undertake. Family, right? Feast it, or right. Family. Exactly. But after taking that transition, my home life got a lot better. 
Yeah. Yeah. I got to know my kids. I got to actually know my wife even more. It was, it was an amazing thing. And Johnny, he can tell, he said it was like night and day. He's like, he would see me in there. He's like, damn, son, you are, you are a completely different person now. Well, it's funny you say that because I think about myself and you really kind of woke something up anyway, just listen to that because I've been doing the same thing for Uh 20, 24 years. 24 years I've been in the same business doing the same thing. And the thought of doing something outside of that, I'm not going to say it's crippling or paralyzing, but it's like, what would I do? You know, it's like, you know, that you know, you've have certain a skill set. You can, you can move into certain areas, but when you get yourself so locked into something for so long in your life, and I know there are guys listening to this that can uh, you know relate to what I'm saying is, is you have a hard time seeing yourself do anything else. Right. And so yeah. it can be paralyzing. You're like, well, what am I going to do? I've been, you know, I've been doing, been a service manager for 20, 20 years of my life. You know, what else am I going to do? Disney had a good term for that. And they institutionalize you. Yeah. And you institutionalize yourself too, to be, to well, yeah. 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 Because you label yourself and you get caught up in, in, in that situation where you're thinking, okay, this is who, not who I am, but this is what I do. So the thought of, you know, and, and I think for a lot of people right now with, with what's happened with COVID and, and the way that the country's gone, people have transitioned from one job to the next. Now, some people are getting better jobs, which is great, but there are some people that have been looking, you know, being in a situation where they've lost their jobs. There are people right now that because if they refuse to get vaccinated or worry about losing their jobs. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are people that, that are, struggle is real and, that, and that's real. And I mean, uh, we had a conversation in my home last night with my, with my 21 year old and my 18 year old, because you know, my daughter comes home from work and she's got a letter basically t- asking her about vaccination and she's dead set and she's not getting vaccinated, you know? And so you gotta, you gotta, now there's that thought of, okay, what do I do from here? You know? Well, dude, we got a Gen Xers curse. I mean, for real, I, if you look back for the Gen X coming off the back end of a baby boomer situation, even more so than than that, and even the, the current generations, uh, there is a lot of lack of opportunity for some of the folks now. The way the culture set up, and in in, uh, but when we were coming through it, we had uh, the parents traditionally that were had the long forty year job, the thirty year job. They walked into the next trade, to the next trade. But Gen Xers are nomads, bro. Oh, they, they, yeah. I mean, two it, years. It is a nomad. Uh, life for a lot of and my friends. If you look at look at your just do a quick assessment of your friends that are about your age, and you think about the ones that actually got out of school, went to college, or whatever, got on their job and stayed with it. That's an overwhelming minority. Oh yeah, and so oh, we yeah, have. I mean, time. if we sat here and started listing all the jobs we ever had, it would probably be ridiculous, and most of the people wouldn't believe us. Well, yeah, we finally realized that you know before us there was a loyalty. There was a loyalty to the employer, and a lot of most of the time the employer was loyal to you as well. Well, that whole thing changed as well. And the Gen yeah. Xers realized, you know what? They're, you're not loyal to me. Actually, you're not loyal absolutely. to me whatsoever. So why should I be loyal to you? That's a, that's, well, that's some of us is better than us though. Some of us yeah. is, I can tell you right now, that's who I am. You know, yeah. I, I've been doing the same thing for 20 years. I mean, that's how I'm built. Like I, I, I like the word stability. You know, I'm not one of them dudes. Like I, I like knowing what I'm doing, where I'm going, what I'm making. Right. You know, so like I hear people. Johnny like, oh, likes to be in control. Well, not in control, but I like to be stable. He I wants like to, to steer the sheep. Oh, you're, I, you're stable. All right. I, I, I like to know that I'm getting X amount of dollars at the end of this week or whatever. Right. And some people are OK with, you know, like when you did your transition, right? You were like, you know, feast or famine. Yeah. Me personally, my personality, that would not work for me. I would not be able to navigate in the not knowing am I bringing home money this week? Mm. You know what I'm saying? That. Yeah. 
I thrive in that. And you know what, John? Some people do. You know what, John? That was a huge transition for me because I was the exact same way. I had to know how much I was getting at the end of the week so I could budget everything out. I had to know that. So that was that was a huge transition for me as well, going from knowing to not knowing at all. See, I had to know because I'm a, a lot like in what you do. I'm actually I've, I'm in business person, mm-hmm. and for a lot of years I tried to do the traditional get salary guy the thing, and I've lost my mind because I I felt so confined. Uh, I was limited to the the attitude and the abilities and the capacity of my supervisor right. and their narrow mindedness. And I know it sounds like I'm trying to just bust, but, but the truth of the matter <laughs> it's is interesting though. When you yeah. did, when you <laughs> changed your position, Ray, 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 yeah. when you changed your position, uh, you know, there was all that unknown angst and that's that, that, that questioning. And it was really a struggle. Like I would have had the same thing, that struggle of, am I going to commit to my subconscious that I'm going to follow through with those little actions every day now to make sure that, that I'm working? Am I going to plow it every day and mow every day and cut every day? Because right. I know sometimes I don't want to do that and then I'm really screwed and then I'm going to get in trouble. And not, you know? Yep. And that's the deal that's got to go through and that you've got to you know, self-actualize. And that's but the, the funny thing is you came from that world being in the military. Yeah. Is that the, that's the ironic thing, really? But, but they kept my brain pretty busy, so I didn't think a lot about it. <laughs> there, was a, there were other programs they had in place to help you through those confinement. But uh, I, I really, when I came to a point where I said I'd rather take the chance of working in an environment where I know that any given time, um, by my extra effort, enthusiasm, or my, uh, I've learned something new that I can implement and see results fairly quick, you know, where you can't do that in a corporate structure a lot of times. Right. You, you've got the SOPs and the human resource will slap you if you get too poor. Uh, you know, when I, I will tell you, one of the small jobs I did have when I first moved to Florida back in 2001, uh, when I first lived here, I, you know, everybody's going to work for the mouse. So I went down there to work for the mouse. And I remember they said, you know what you're doing? I said, what's that? He says, we're going to get you, uh, since you, you're good with people, we're going to put you on safaris. You're going to drive a safari truck around. I'm like, that, that sounds kind of funny. Animals, you know, why not? Yeah. And I remember getting there. My direct supervisor was a was a 19 year old girl who had just became a manager. She had her, you know, her the white shirt and the the lanyard and the whole thing, right? And I remember uh, she was just a ball buster, man. She, I mean, she went after everybody, no matter how good you tried to do. She was a ball buster. And I remember sitting in the waiting break room one day. It was about three months in. And I sat down, I had a bachelor's degree at this time, and I'm going to the portal every day looking for the new big executive job where, you know, they're going to call me to do something amazing here. You know, yeah. you know, I'm going to, my office is going to be at the top of the tree or something. But anyway, I just remember sitting there next to this guy and this is when I got, you know, complete brevity. I looked at the guy next to me and he's like, he says, you good? And I said, yeah, I'm a little frustrated because I got reprimanded by a 19 year old girl. <laughs> and, uh, and so <laughs> and I got, what I got reprimanded for was I, I was speaking, doing a South African accent uh, because they had real South Africans that still work there. And they opened a new ride. They try to bring people in that sound like the, the culture, right? Yeah. So I said, I'm jumping in on this. I'm going to make it fun. You know, 22 times around seeing the line is I got to do something for myself here. <laughs> right. And I was doing that. And she, she, she pulled me off the truck, right? And she says, you can't do that. And I'm like, well, what? What? And she went into the... So anyway, I'm sitting next to this guy in the break room. And I, and I told him the story. And he goes... Yeah, she's she's a little shit. And I was like, <laughs> and I he's I, I said, I've been going on the portal every day. He says, I've been going on the portal for nine months. And I said, Oh yeah, he says, You got a degree? He goes, Yeah, I got a master's degree. I said, I'm gonna go ahead and look on some other web service <laughs> yeah. now at this point. <laughs> master's degree, yeah. You answer. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, oh, I guess the biggest thing that you have we, to work your son at bitches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the biggest concern though is is how do men deal with transition and and 
unfortunately, a lot of times it's not good. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. We, we medicate it with certain things. And one of the things you had mentioned, Christian, was, you know, guys coming from the service and going to the basement, you know, and, and we know guys that have, you say something right? I was, no, I was just going to say, it's not dealing with it. It's how are they coping? Coping, dealing, yeah. Because yeah. they're they're apparently, medicating. Them, they're not transitioning. Right. So they're trying to cope with their current situation from transitioning. That that's what I was I was just wanted right. to clarify yeah. that because a lot of a lot of dudes they're out there and their idea of dealing with it or coping with it is to drink, mm-hmm. do drugs. You know, yeah. some guys are caught up in coping with it because dealing with being gamers or caught up in porn, or or even hobbies like fishing or hunting. Yeah, to throw a little redneck at you. Yeah, you know, it's it's a means of Places getting away getting away from reality, getting yep. away from the what you know is a need to transition to just hide from it. Women. Yeah. Women. Oh yeah. 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 So men will hide in in all these places, um, trying to avoid what should be a natural phenomenon in our lives, which is transition. Every one of us is going to transition from one place to another. You're either going to, you know, like we talked about going from high school to college, or you're going in the military, you know, or going into the workforce. We talked about, you know, some guys transition, you know, just transitioning into getting married, going from being single to being with a, a woman, right. you know, and then you take it even a step further. You know, you go from being just a husband to being a father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and if we can't find healthy ways to to transition, we could we could be in a position where we're causing a lot of detriment to a lot of people. Absolutely. Especially when you're a husband and a father. I mean, you're bringing a lot of baggage into a situation and you're affecting a lot of other people that are innocent in this thing, you know? Your failure to transition is going to affect a lot of people. You just implode. Right. And which, again, again, affects everybody around you that you brought even remotely close to you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. For sure. It's, it's, it's a scary, scary situation. It is. When I said what I mean by scary, it's not scary. Well, you know, it's uncomfortable to transition. We talked about that, right? Yeah. What's scarier is how guys are dealing with it, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, I just want to just say out there today, whoever's listening to this podcast, you know, maybe you're in a position right now and you're getting ready to transition. And this is like a big deal for you. And you don't know how to, how to walk this thing out. Or maybe you've got questions about things. I would just encourage you, man, sit down and talk to somebody. You know, it's like Christian said earlier. I mean, there were some people in his life that were wanting to talk and wanted to help him. And, and he didn't allow that to happen. And some of you guys right now, you know, you're, you're, you're sitting there and you've got things going on in your life and shit's getting ready to happen. And you're trying to put on blinders and it's going to be, it's going to be dangerous because these things that you're trying to bury, they will resurface. And if, if you're not careful, you know, if you don't deal with this properly, you know, it's going to be this situation even worse. Especially, you know, when I think about becoming a, a husband, you know, what a huge change that was for me, you know, I go from being only responsible for myself. And now I got this, this woman that's depending on me, not, you know, like she's not an invalid or anything. I know you may be listening, honey, don't worry about that. <laughs> but, you know, but she's looking at me, you know, what are you going to do? You know what? You got to step up. I'm, I'm leaning on you. I'm trusting you right now. You know, I need you to be the man that you said you were going to be. And then when you take into fact, take to effect, you know, when you decide to become a father, you know, wow. I mean, talk about a beautiful transition. 
And there are a lot of guys out there. You're listening right now and you're scared to death and you're sitting there and you're, you're worried about making all the mistakes and things not working out the way that you planned it. Well, you know what? Sometimes you just got to go with it, man. You know, when I look back uh, at all these different areas and these times in my life, they were going to happen regardless. No matter how much I was trying to push back or how much I tried to fight it, you know, they're still going to happen. You are going to transition one way or the other. The question is, are you going to do it on your terms? Or are you going to do it on somebody else's? And who are you going to be dragging along with you in the process? You know, for me and for the men that are in here tonight, we lean on one thing, and that's Jesus. And I'm not here to, you know, push that on anybody. I can only tell you from my experience and from what's worked in my life. So when I put my faith and my trust in him, things always seem to work out. <laughs> it's amazing, you know? But when I put my faith and my trust solely on myself, that's when stuff <laughs> tends to go to shit, to be honest with you. I mean, it just, it really does. Because I'm putting so much weight on me, and, I'm, and, and we use the word in here tonight, self-implode. It's just too much. You know, step back, take a deep breath. You know, get yourself refocused on what it is you were called to do. Men are meant to, men are meant to step up in the face of adversity. We're not meant to shrink. That's what a man does. We use the term suck it up, but that's not, you know, I mean, there's sometimes you just can't suck it up. I get it. But, you know, but we need to push forward. And there's a word that we use a lot in our faith is called perseverance. You have to persevere in the face of adversity. Things are going to happen. When those times come, you only got one choice. You got to step up, you got to get up, you got to man up. Is that my friends? That's what we're talking about.